the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for the uh, Thursday edition. Hope that you've had a good day so far and uh, that the peace of the Lord has been with you and that you've been in uh, communion, in relationship with God as you go throughout the day. See, I was looking at um, the news today. (laughs) Please, do yourself a favor. Uh... There is so much going on. You know, post-impeachment, the president sort of is on a victory tour right now. He was at the National Prayer Breakfast this morning. That's a fascinating story. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, And uh, then later on today, he held what he – it really wasn't a press conference. It was more of a um, a congratulatory – he sort of stood and uh, called out to all the people who were helpful in the process – and uh, you can read uh, about that as well. Uh, but but with that, I've been thinking a lot about about peace and um, how it's affected. Of course, you know it always comes back to you know me and you yourself. How does peace work in your own life? Where, where are you in peace? I, I talked about this um, a while ago. I think I'm you know at the age where, for a regular basis now, I just wake up in the middle of the night. Right? I think this is pretty common for most people, and um, I've accepted it in my own life. I just know at some point, <laughs> no matter what time, you know, if, if I go to bed at 10.30 or 11 or 11.30, I generally am awakened by 3 or 3.30 in the morning, and then, and then I'm there. And so I've really taken the opportunity to, to pray. Um, Frederica Matthews Green, actually, who is going to join us a little later on the show. What time is Frederica with us? So she'll be with us around 4.40. She first talked about this to me, to us, me and Kathy, years ago, about waking up in the middle of the night. This is when uh, Frederica was a young mother and her you know, children would wake her up and uh, she would nurse the children, you know, at certain hours throughout the night. And and what she discovered is, while she was doing this, that she would pray and, and she would she would say the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. That's the Jesus prayer. It's an, it's an ancient prayer, and Frederica has written about this extensively. It's very simple. So um, in the past few months or so, I've done this. You lay there. Some people get up, get up out of your bed, and you get on your knees and you pray. I really appreciate that. Those are the true prayer, true prayer warriors in many ways, right? That they, <laughs> you get out of your nice, comfortable, warm bed and you get down on your on your knees on the hard floor. I mean, that's that's a wonderful commitment. So God bless you if you, that's you. But anyway, there's something about that, isn't it? Initially, when I would wake up at three or three thirty in the morning, what I would do was I would you know cry out or complain or worry more often than not. 
Why am I waking up? What does this mean? What about, you know, that? My, my, what about this? And, you know, my children and my wife and my bills. And, you know, we all know that routine. <laughs> Aren't we something? I mean, we all know that routine. It's that monologue that goes in our head. But I think it comes out more acutely at nighttime when you are awakened from hopefully a restful sleep. And, and there it is. You know, there are the worries of your life in front of you in that endless cycle, the, the hamster on a wheel. So where is the peace then? The peace of the Lord. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. And um, I've turned that worry. I've, I've sort of recently turned the corner, I would say, from angst. We'll talk about that later on in the show as well. From angst, dread, fear, worry, all those things. I've turned that. I've been able, I've been fortunate. God's been with me. And through the intercession of some strong men and women who are prayer partners, have been able to take that fear, dread, angst, worry, all that, and give it over and give it up. And instead, I'm, I'm in relationship, and I've found peace. At 3 a.m., boy, I'm happy to have peace. So it's my, it's my hope that as you go through this period, and I'm sure at some point you will, right? If you're fortunate to live to a certain age or if you're well beyond it, you've got your own stories. And I'd like to hear that story in your own life. What is that? Where do you find the peace at 3 a.m. or 3.30? I saw uh, an article today. This is from uh, the Gallup poll. Uh, you know, the people at Gallup, but they're fascinating because they're always in the question-asking mode. Right, they're trying to drill down into people's lives. So uh, anyway, Gallup released this poll just this morning, and the headline of the whole thing is this whole poll that was conducted January the second through the fifteenth, that nine in ten Americans are satisfied with the way that things are going in their own personal life. This is a new high, a new all-time high in Gallup's four decades of taking this poll. The latest figures best the previous highs of 88% recorded in 2003. So how about that? American satisfaction with personal life is the highest in this four-decade trend. Two in three Americans say that they are very satisfied, which is also a new high. Now, this is no surprise. High-income households, Republicans, married adults are the most satisfied. And so there it is. And you know, I'm not going to comment on that. You you can fill in the blanks on that, right? Um it is what it is. The results are from the Gallup's mood of the national poll conducted, as I said, the 2nd through the 15th of January. And um, despite, I, I think it's really shocking to see this, because despite the turmoil we've been going through nationally, that we apparently as Americans, and I, I don't know, Gallup in this poll does not talk about the the um, the style of questioning, because, of course, everybody knows this, you know, you can elect a certain response from the way that you mold your question, right? You can. This is, you know, it's, it's science. You can elect that response that you're looking for. And I, I believe that Gallup is not looking for that. What they're looking for is that satisfaction. So what does that say about us? Because I think if you look at, you know, Again, our barometer, I think our barometer, at least the way I look at the barometer, is that you look at social media, right? Again, 
that's unscientific because the loudest complainers are always the ones who are right on social media. They're the ones who, but you know, so oh, please stop. Anyway, isn't it good to turn down the volume, <laughs> whether it's 3 a.m. or 4 p.m., and not hear the vitriol of complaint and angst and fear and worry, and instead find the peace of the Lord, the Lord of Shalom, that he will be with us always and give us his forgiveness and his grace and all things work through the good of Christ who is in us and with us and all these. So that's the good news of the day. Anyway, well, let's take a break and come back. Uh, we're going to talk a lot today. Um, well, this is excellent because in just a few minutes, Bill Glaze is with us. Bill's a regular guest on our show, and he's going to talk about pride. Pride, uh, it, a good thing of pride and a bad thing of pride. How does that work in our life? And as I said a little, little earlier, we're also going to talk about angst. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the Oscars. All that, it's the ride home with John and Kathy. As Kath is on her way right now to Southeast Asia. 101.5 WORD. According to the Bible, a day is coming when pain and sorrow will end. No tears. We've never known such a place. No more wheelchairs. No more crutches. No more hospitals. No more funerals. None of the things that bring pain and tears. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll describes our eternal home in heaven on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling, disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1-888-472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling, Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Hi, it's Fran Drescher with a public service announcement. Every year, millions of couples experience the unthinkable, a visit from the parents that never ends. The parents move in and spread like a virus, erasing TV shows because they can't figure out the remote. The Cure? Indebted, a show that makes parental invasion hilarious. So we should watch. <laughs> Fran Drescher stars in the premiere of Indebted tonight on NBC. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. 
Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing from multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Pastor William Glaze is with us. Pastor Glaze is the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church, anchored in Jesus, heard uh, every day here on Word FM. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing today? Hey, John. What's going on this dreary day in the city of Pittsburgh? It is a dreary day, is it not? Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Got some snow coming. Hey, you That's know, okay. You know, what, what, yeah. One thing that I, you know, that I got figured out, if, yeah. if we can last at these temperatures about another 30 to 45 days, man, spring will be here and we will have missed the, the brunt of winter. But here's the deal, Bill. Uh, when spring comes, I'm going to feel less than because I don't feel like I earned it. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying not have to go out shoveling oh, driveways I or got that. you got that getting, right. Uh, having my good clothes on and getting dirt from my car on them. Yeah, uh, uh, hey, it's, it's been nice, man. I hear you. Okay, so so you're talking today about pride. Uh, uh, this is really interesting to me because you know, as we exchanged emails, you wanted to say that you know, when is pride evil and destructive? And when is it positive and edifying? Now, to be honest, I, you know, I don't think about pride as positive and edifying, but I'm, I'm glad you're going to go there because I, I need you to teach me about this. But I think everyone can talk about pride being evil and destructive, yeah? Right, right. You know, and, and, and I'd like to start, you know, by maybe giving an example. Uh, I, when you cut your grass, I, I don't know about you, I'm just going to give my example. Okay. Like when I cut my grass and then I get my weed eater and i edge it up yeah and then i have hedges and i trim them feel good you know then i i go and i sit on my porch you get mm. a cold drink <laughs> and i just look at my yard man and i'm like wow you yeah. know it you know, it looks good so yeah. you know at, at that point john i have to ask my i have to ask myself you know am i doing this to impress others or am I doing it to have a good testimony? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good point, right? Because when you when you sit there and you look at it and you think that looks pretty, that looks clean, it looks neat. I like that. But then, and then right. again, you look across the street and you think, oh, my neighbor, he really goes at it. I, I'm good enough, but you know, he's doing an, an excellent job. So I get that point. Right, right. So I, I think that you know, somewhere in between there, you know, it, it, it can slip into beautiful pride. Or it can uh, slip into a you know a spiritual thing, and when I say spiritual, you know my my whole idea behind spiritual in that regards is to have a good testimony. You, you know, like if if you know the the, the book of Proverbs talks about the uh, sluggard, and it says if you go by the field of the sluggard that you know is overgrown with weeds and you know the wall is broken down, and 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 that's a poor testimony. Uh, so if I'm if I'm keeping my property up you know, so that I can have a good testimony for the Lord, yes. then, you know, I think that, you know, we, we enter into that spiritual pride. But if we're just trying to seek, you know, to impress our neighbors and, 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 and have them to come by and, you know, go go goo-goo over our yard, you know, then I, I think, you know, there's, there's a little bit of that, that negativity or sinful pride that, that enters into our heart. You know, yeah. uh, you know you, the, the story of Nebuchadnezzar is a very interesting one, uh, because in Daniel chapter 4, uh, God humbled him, and and what was the reason that God humbled him? Because he walked out on his you know palace deck one day, 
And he said, look, this is great Babylon that I have built, you know, that I have built with my wisdom, with the power of my strength, with the might of my wealth. And, you know, it was at that point that, you know, God looked at his heart, and, and God humbled him and uh, allowed him to go uh, in the field for seven years, and the Bible says to eat grass with, uh, with the animals of the field. And, and why? I mean, I think that there was more to it than just him going out on his you know, patio that one day and saying that. But that, you know, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, hmm. you know, whenever he, whenever he went out and said that, uh, because he, you know, he, he had boasted on what he had done. And, you know, it wasn't about having a testimony for God. It was about, you know, bragging about what he had done, trying to impress other people. Oh, that's an excellent point, Bill. Because, you know, when you look about boasting about what we have done, I mean, we live in the age of this. I mean, you know, the the ancients from the Bible, they couldn't wrap their head around what we're doing every day on our social media and all that. I mean, it's all that we're singing the opera of me, 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 me. Look at me, how right. wonderful I am. Right. And, and And that's, you know, where, you know... You, we we have this big thing you know today called you know selfies, and then when you when you look at uh, the New Testament, it said uh, one thing that would be indicative of the last days is that people would become lovers of self. Mm. And and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm not here. To, I'm, I'm not condemning selfies because I think that you know in in the right context, oh, yeah. you know, I think I, I think it's a good thing. But you know, if you look at you know some people, you know, they become obsessed with that. And, you know, it, it, and, and John, it, it enters into that pride thing. Right. You know, my, my wife and I, you know, we just celebrated 43 years hey, uh, yesterday of marriage. Excellent. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to have a memory of us at 43. Oh, yeah. And, you know, John, we, you know, we're, we're kind of old school, so you know, we're, we're not into, you know, know how to take the selfie. So we were struggling <laughs> trying to figure out how, how to take a selfie. And, 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 you know, the reason that we did, it wasn't a pride thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, to, to, to put on the Internet and try to impress people. But we just wanted that as a memory between the two of us. No, that makes you know, a lot that, of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. Know, so again, it's, it's a matter of the heart. Yes. How things are how things are framed in the heart. You know, it's interesting to me, Bill. So, you know, we sort of run down this, you know, um, when the, when the rise of Facebook came, and of course, you know, you and me, and uh, you know, all of us old guys, we finally got on board. By the time we hit that, then uh, Facebook, in some ways, had become you know less than cool for this younger generation. And so, you right. know, in some ways, you know, when you look on Facebook now, you see all your buddies, and apparently, you know, the twenty somethings or the teens, they've abandoned Facebook. And what I found right. is that you know, as, as I've been on it for a few years that I've grown less and less inclined to post stuff, I'm kind of exhausted by it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that story has gotten old for me. So, you know, I wonder by that. I mean, do you, for people who are so deeply prideful all the time, you've got to re- reach a point of exhaustion just because, man, I can't do this anymore. I- I'm-, I'm tired of me. Right. And, and I, I, you make a good point. And, and, and I believe that, you know, again, it's a matter of the heart because, you know, those who's, Heart is, is is focused on, you know, and I, and I'm speaking primarily to Christians right now. Yeah, you know that, that they're speaking of uh, that want to glorify God. You know that that you feel good when God is glorified, and and that's a, that's that's a spiritual pride. You know, like taking pride in the fact that man, you know, I'm I'm pleasing my heavenly Father. But you know, on the other side, you know, you talk about you know posting you know all the stuff on Facebook and, and other social media. Uh, social media, you know, it, 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 isn't it about pleasing self? Yes. You know that that man, I feel good about this picture. Look look how good that I look. And 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 you know when you I, I think that when you do it, you know there there's a uh, a 
a negative part of that. And I'm trying to be careful, but I'm almost saying there's almost like a sinful part mm. that, that comes in because, again, it's all about you. Right. And, you know, the, the ultimate end, you know, why were we created anyways? You know, we were created to glorify God. Yes. And, you know, when we when the focus is on self, you know, I think that we missed the purpose that we one of the purposes that we were created for. And so back to your beginning story, Bill, of you doing really a great job mowing your lawn and getting the weed whacker out and edging and trimming. And then you sit up there with a drink and you go, all glory to God, because you gave this to me. You gave me my yeah. house. You gave me my yard. You gave me the physical strength, the uh, ability to earn an income, to have this all together. And so this is not about me. I want to praise you and put my best foot forward and, and tell the world that, that God is good and he's given me all this. So uh, uh, this is for you, Lord. And I think that's really right. interesting. I think for a lot of us, we tend not to think that way. I think we just, you know, yeah. we reflect ourselves best and, and God is good on Sunday morning, but the rest of the time, I'm going to look good just because I'm going to look good. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, even uh, going back to the yard illustration, you know, if your yard looks nice, at some point, I, I don't know about the neighborhood that you live in, but I know that at some point, somebody's going to come and say, man, your, your, your yard looks real nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's at that point, you know, John, at that very point, do I do I say, wow, man, I've impressed my neighbor. I'm, uh, I'm a bad guy. You know, I'm not bad in the bad sense, yeah. but bad in the good sense. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a bad guy. Or, or do you just quietly in your heart, and, you know, you don't have to say, well, you know, this is God's glory to God. You know, it, <laughs> right, it doesn't have to be that. Right, right. But just, you know, just in your heart, you, you know, yeah. you're saying, you know, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just, you know, so it's, it's, it's the, you know, where is your heart at, you know, when these things come? You know, I think about the Pharisees, and the Bible said that, you know, they would stop in the middle of the street when they were getting ready to do a good deed, and they would blow the trumpet, and they would say, look at me. Look at me, you know, and, and, and they were trying to uh, draw all the attention upon themselves and the good deed that they were doing. You know, th- that's the epitome of sinful pride right there. Yes. You know, or, or even the other Pharisee, when he, when he went to the temple and uh, there was, a, you know, a sinner there, and the, and the Pharisee said, man, I thank you that I'm not like other guys. You know, I'm not like this guy right here. Right. You know, and, and, and even though it was like a spiritual thing, it was still uh, a sinful thing. Because, you know, he was comparing himself, and he, he saw himself better than the other person, and he took pride in the fact that he gave a certain amount. He took pride in the fact that he fasted. He pr- took uh, pride in the fact that he prayed. So, you know, that was, I mean, th- those were spiritual things, but yet and still in the heart, they were they were sinful. That's really good. We're talking with uh, Bill Glaze. Pastor Glaze is the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church, also the host of Anchored in Jesus, heard at 7 o'clock Monday through Friday here on Word FM. So, Bill, you know, earlier today when you were, we were talking about uh, pride back and forth, you know, I, I was thinking about humility. And not that, you know, humility is the opposite of pride, but certainly, you know, we live in an age where we are prone to be much more prideful than we are to be humble. And, you know, maybe that's the the Achilles heel of who we are, you know, in the age. We've just gone through, you know, looking at Washington, D.C. and all the impeachment wow. and all the politics and all that yada, yada. And, of course, you right. know, that's easy to point the finger at D.C. and go, there's, you know, the lack of humility and the sense of deep pride there is probably, you know, one of the poisons of our nation ills. 
Right. You know, John, I'm waiting for the day, and I, and I say this every year, like where I'm waiting for one politician who's running against another one to say, hey, you know, this guy's really not a bad guy, and he has some good ideas. And, you know, I think that we ought to consider some of the things that he has to say because, <laughs> you know, they'd be very helpful, you know. And yeah. I think that I have, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're John? waiting on that day. You're just waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting on that, man. <laughs> it seems like we're moving further and further away from that. You got that right. Hey, Bill. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Talk to us about Bethany. Uh, how are things? Tell us what's going on there. Uh, we, we have uh, a couple of things going on. One of the big things that we have going on uh, in April, uh, April 4th, is we're doing a walk through the Bible event. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that. Uh, we're doing the New Testament, but it's really a, uh, a powerful thing for like kids from third grade up to help them really get a grasp on the Bible and in a fun and interactive way. Oh, that's so great. that's the big thing that we have coming up in uh, in the spring. April 4th. Right. Fabulous. That's a Saturday. Excellent, Bill. Listen, uh, always a pleasure. You know, I, I just love you. You're, you are as you say you are. You're plain spoken and straightforward, and it's always a good conversation. So uh, thanks for being with me. Hey, Amen. I, I told uh, Mike that we're missing a third of the trio today. Oh, we so sure are. I tried to fill in the best I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like me, we're, we're nowhere near as sharp or as good-looking, but uh, always happy to have you with me, Bill. <laughs> All right. Pastor Bill Glaze. Yeah, you have a good one, too. Pastor Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church. I love it. Uh, check them out online. Anchored in Jesus, of course. Fabulous. 7 o'clock every night here on Word FM. This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now, a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The message, Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need, is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
I've lost 25 pounds since Christmas. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Gained 18, so it's like net seven. A night to laugh as a couple, February 14th. Your body changes the minute you turn 40 years old, am I right? At Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sewickley. I separated my shoulder on my 40th birthday, walked around the entire day in a shoulder sling. Everybody's like, Marty, how'd you separate your shoulder? And I was like, tucking in my shirt. General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight. Periods of rain becoming mixed with, then changing to snow later, accumulating according to an inch with a low 29. Tomorrow, windy and colder with snow at times, accumulating an inch or two, storm to the snowfall one to three inches with a high 31. Saturday, some sun, then turning cloudy with a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. fascinated by outer space are you i mean i just still love it i i grew up in you know during that uh the space race era so uh you know even as uh, people are, are not traveling to the moon again just yet uh, you know the international space station still continues to support life and have all sorts of scientific experiments going on and development it's just fascinating well check this out an astronaut by the name of christina koch she spent 11 months in orbit on the longest space flight by a woman. She landed today in Kazakhstan along with two of her International Space Station crewmates. This is so cool. Uh, how many days? Uh, let me see. Uh, the Soyuz capsule carried Koch along with uh, some different commanders. They landed a 300. Can you imagine? She spent 328 days on the International Space Station. 328 days in weightlessness on the space station. Now, it's big, but it's not that big. As she landed, you know, and that's so cool. Because when they land, and of course, they haven't, the Americans haven't had the ability to uh, allow astronauts to go up into space and come back since the Challenger was retired. And that's been, boy, I think it's been seven or eight years. So what they do is the Russians have a different way of delivering. We've been piggybacking with the Russians. They have a different way of ferrying astronauts up and back, different than what we did with the challenge with the uh, with the space shuttle all these years. So as these astronauts land, they land on the ground. This is no, you know, um, in the old days they would land in the ocean. They would be ferried onto an aircraft carrier. Of course, the space shuttle would land like an airplane. Well, this uh, the way the Russians do it, it, it's still that gigantic round ball that goes bonk somewhere in the middle of Russia. Of course, there's pl- plenty of room in Russia. I mean, it's vast. They land in Kazakhstan, and when they get out of it's so cool, because when they get out of the capsule, after being in weightlessness all these many, many days, months, weeks, their bodies are like these limp noodles. They The, the pressure 
of the gravity on the human body after being weightlessness all these years, all these all this time, is just so stunning. I mean, people are just get out of there like noodles. They can't walk, and they have to be picked up and ferried, put onto a helicopter, and then flown away. So I just love this that um, Christina Koch, three hundred and twenty-eight days in orbit, uh, set a, set a new record. I mean, man or woman. For an American. She grew up in Jacksonville. She now lives uh, in the Gulf of Mexico near uh, Galveston. She uh, said that uh, she was last month was part of the all-female spacewalk, which was also a highlight. It's just the really coolest thing. So congratulations to the Americans, Christina Koch, and that, that long space flight. Would you do that? You know, we've reached the point right now with Elon Musk, they are, uh, they are selling tickets to go up into space. And, of course, we talked about this, Kath and I did a while back. We've reached the point now where they are starting to sell tickets to go to Mars with the assumption that sooner, much rather than later, we're supposed to go, we're supposed to go back, the Americans, we, we're supposed to sort of um, have some presence on the moon within the next couple of years, again, after more than 40-year absence. Would you do this? I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, to see the grandeur, the glory of God's creation, how fabulous would that be? Just love it so much. Well, I don't know. It requires a lot of physical stamina, doesn't it? But to see that, to be in the heavens, it's just so fabulous. Anyway, congratulations. 328 days in orbit for Christina Koch. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to talk in just a little bit. Uh, Frederica Matthews Green, who I talked about at the opening of the show with the Jesus Prayer. She's going to talk about the Virgin Mary and what that is, the work a day of a mother, and how it is to work in a man's world. 101.5 WORD. Larry McCall says there is a burden on the heart of every grandparent. As grandparents, we want our grandchildren to follow Jesus Christ, so we pray that way. We want to display the gospel. We want them to be around us and to see Christ. We'll explore strategies for grandparenting with grace next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Ready for a bus ride from hell to heaven? Then don't miss the theatrical event of the season, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Audiences call it breathtaking, absolutely mesmerizing. From the producers of the nationwide hit The Screwtape Letters, The Great Divorce brings the beloved author of Narnia to the stage in one of his most entertaining tales ever. Climb on board for a day trip to paradise. Critics call The Great Divorce world-class theater. Brilliant. Magical, a joy to watch. Lewis's lively wit shines through. Don't miss The Great Divorce. Visit cslewisonstage.com. That's cslewisonstage.com. The bus is leaving. Climb on board. Coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 15th. Get your tickets today with great deals for groups at thegreatdivorceonstage.com. That's thegreatdivorceonstage.com. People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and coworkers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Together, 
we can change the world for people with MS. Register today at walkms.org. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading and watching TV more comfortable. But not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the right features for you, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. At the Original Mattress Factory, we recently improved the quality of our adjustable beds while making them even more affordable. And our new adjustable bases are designed to work with your existing wood, metal, or platform bed. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location to elevate your sleep experience today. Don't you marvel when you look back at the ancients? You know, have you seen ancient cave paintings in Spain? You know, deep within the bowels of the earth, or early early man was in there carving away or chiseling, chiseling away. And they were using, you know, um, ink that they derived from fruit or some root somewhere. It's just so absolutely, it's stunningly beautiful. Well, Frederica Matthews Green is with us, and she's here to talk to us about an early painting, an early drawing that uh, shows the Madonna and Jesus together. And uh, Frederica, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, John. I'm fine. It's great to be with you again. Always good. Really, thanks for being with us, Frederica. You're an interesting guest. You bring a really different insight. Tell me, tell me the story about this work uh, that was found, uh, an ancient image. Yes, yes, and um, I'll tell listeners where they can look it up. Uh, not while you're driving, wait till you get home. Yes. Um, this was found in the catacomb of Priscilla in Rome, and it is the earliest image that has been ever found of someone trying to depict Mary holding the infant Jesus. Hmm. And it's such a familiar image to us now. You know, it's hard to believe there was a time when this would be the first time anybody ever saw this. And because of that, uh, what the artist did to make sure people knew who it was a picture of was that he put next to her someone wearing a philosopher's toga to show that he was a prophet, pointing at the star over Mary's head. So that was to let us know that this is the one that was prophesied, the virgin that would give birth. Okay, so Mary, so Frederick, we think about you know um, superheroes of the day, whether it's you know Wonder Woman or Batwoman, uh, Supergirl, She Hulk, all those things. I mean, this is a, a first representation in many ways of a superwoman. That's so true, and what it, what's interesting about it is it was so immediately beloved. This is an image that people wanted to see. They loved Jesus. And they want to know the prequel, you know? They want to go back before he was walking, teaching, and doing miracles. What was it like when he was a baby? What was his mother like? People already had that kind of curiosity. And the image of a mother nursing a baby has always been such a tender And what I think is ironic about it, that it became such a beloved image among Christians, is that this is an image of a woman who's powerless. Hmm. This is a woman who is vulnerable, that if uh, 
soldiers from an opposing army came sweeping through, she could be killed, her child could be killed. And certainly we saw that happen when Herod put out his terrible judgment that all the baby boys to and, and under should be killed. Well, a nursing mother, uh, even Jesus says in the last days, you know, how sad it will be for those who are pregnant or nursing babies in those days, because they're so terribly vulnerable. Yes. When we look at images today of what is a powerful woman, who are the women that are held up for young girls to emulate and to try to be like? Mm-hmm. There are women who achieve great things in public. You know, they can do anything a man can do. And uh, they are admired for doing things that traditionally men have done. We see it with our superheroes, too. The, the superhero women are the ones who've been fly and thump and kill and do all those things that the male superheroes traditionally did. But we don't hold up the image of a woman holding a baby, of a woman nursing a baby or caring for a home. The ordinariness of this scene is what interests me. This would have been at the time it was painted for a thousand years before and two thousand years afterwards. It would have been such an ordinary image. People saw women holding babies, nursing them, baking bread, sweeping out their homes, sewing clothing. They saw that every day, and it was the most ordinary thing. It was just overlooked. And Christians took that image of a nursing mother, and they made it front and center. They made it an important image. Wow. That's so beautiful, Frederica. When my Frederica. son was 10 years old, I was telling a story. My son was watching one of those movies that are supposed to teach you. Girls can do anything boys can do. And, the, you know, a little girl wants to be on the baseball team, and they don't want to. You know, you know that story. Sure, There's yeah. a million of stories. He said, afterwards, he said, it's weird. It's like they think the best thing a girl could be is a kind of honorary boy. (laughs) (laughs) That sums it up, you know? It's like like being a boy is now held up as the best thing a girl can aspire to. Yes. So, so, But but somewhere in those ancients, they saw that image, that, that everyday image of a mother nursing a child or a mother holding a baby and thought, this is. There is beauty in there. There is strength in there. There is something sacred in there. I need to draw this. That is so true. And it was something that really was not seen before. I would say not seen afterwards. There were images of fertility goddesses, but often these meant terrible things for women. It meant women being treated like, like uh, livestock and bread and, and forced to have babies over and over again. And just living a life that was not at all free. With Christians, it's different. We take this one girl who said yes, who was given a choice and said yes to God, and we honor her for that choice, for doing this very noble and very ordinary thing. Frederica Matthews Green is with us. She's a teacher, a writer. Her works include The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that turns to the heart of God. Her latest book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, I've been doing the show for more than a decade, and um, one of the things I, I believe that makes people anxious in our audience is when, and I don't this is fraught with a lot of anxiety, when people talk about on the air Mary, Jesus' mother, the audience gets anxious, and, and uh, I get emails, I'll get phone calls, 
you know, um, can you talk about that, about, you know, there are people, of course, in a Catholic faith, and you, you are not Catholic, but there are people who have made the adoration of Mary uh, on par in some way with Jesus, which, of course, is, is totally and completely wrong. But and, and, and I'm sure Catholics would say that isn't what we believe, but it is the perception. Yes, it and is. And certainly there have been people through the centuries who said things that were not, you know, the, the Church's official teaching, but who went overboard and who took it too far, and who elevated her. I mean, loving her is one thing, but they elevated her to be right beside Jesus, or to be a fourth member of the Trinity. Right. Um, whether or not that was official teaching, it was scary, even when ignorant people said it. So I understand that, and what's so tragic is that the fear of that pushes people in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. If you could only go back to the first century and think about how would Jesus want us to treat his mother? How would he want us to talk about her? Like, like any person, you want your mother to be respected, and you want people to love her and admire her. If we could only make it that simple again, you know? Yes. If, we could, if, if, it, was, if it wasn't for the exaggeration, then we would look at Mary, we would see her much the same as we do St. Paul. Yes. I mean, because Mary's so powerful. I mean, Mary was there at Jesus' first and last breath. That unto itself speaks volumes. And in the Orthodox Church, something we keep emphasizing is that everything human about him was made from her body, that she had the creator of the universe inside her womb. So it's a way, really, of praising God for this unimaginable miracle that he used a, a woman's body to create a body for himself. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, oh man, it's powerful when you think about it. One of our hymns says, He made your body more spacious than the heaven. He made your womb into a throne. I think Jesus wants us to love her and admire her and hold her up as an example of faithfulness, of how to be a Christian and how to be brave. And you don't have to go to an extreme where you're, you know, treating her as if she's a new member of the Trinity. Exactly. And that's the problem, I think, for most people, right? They just get afraid and they shut it down and will turn away quickly and not delve into the beauty and power of her. I think that's true. I wrote a book called um, Mary as the Early Christians Knew Her. And that might be helpful to people who are wrestling with it. I took three of the very earliest Christian documents about Mary, and examined how did Christians look at her in the first century, in the third century, in the seventh century, before the things kind of went nuts in the medieval era, when it was still a very simple kind of praising God and awe at what God was able to do with her simple body. Fabulous. Um, so, yeah, I recommend that. Mary, as the early Christians knew her, it can give you a new, a reset, you know. You can you can reboot and go back to how the early Christians saw her and put aside the excesses that came later on. Well, good, Frederica. Thanks for being with me. I mean, I appreciate you clearing the air here a little bit. So hopefully as people are listening and, you know, as you first came on the air and they were like, oh, no, this lady's going to talk about Mary, the mother of God. And then... There's, there's a totally different perspective which you set the stage for, so I'm greatly appreciative of that. Very free. 
Thank so. you so much for having me, John. Always a pleasure, Frederica, to hear your voice. Frederica Matthews Green, uh, as you hear, uh, she is a strong and powerful advocate for a, a, a good Christian life. Frederica Matthews Green. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling, Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company just good food hello is this thing on okay uh could i get a little more volume oh whoa okay never mind it's fine just there right where it is hey if your av system sounds like this or if it sounds like this or if it sounds like this you need good sound uh, guys i think we lost uh, okay hey we're back you need Good Sounds. Good Sounds specializes in design and installation of audiovisual equipment for churches and schools. You might not need new equipment. An expert adjustment might be all you need to get the most out of the equipment you already have. So visit GoodSoundDesign.com. Oh, come on! <clears throat> uh, that's GoodSoundDesign.com and click the $99 evaluation to schedule a general tune-up and review of your current AV system today. Because remember, if it can't be heard... Let's try that again. If it can't be heard, it can't be good. Good sounds. Book now at goodsounddesign.com. My love language is sarcasm. This year, resolve to laugh a little more. Which is perfect, because my wife's is uh, words of affirmation. Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. She's like, honey, you don't even have to mean it. You just have to say it and shower me with praise. I was like, oh, what can be that? Valentine's Day at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. This food that you cooked... Did you follow the recipe or did you just... General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Because I'm telling you, it is fantastic. Be here in Miami with Hall of Famer Troy Palomalu. This is the door you just got the knock. How do you even put this into words? <laughs> Honestly, I don't... It's just surreal. It really feels surreal. Very thankful for all my teammates that um, this truly is a tribute to them. And I feel honored and unworthy of this, to be honest. So. Isn't that cool? So there you go. I mean, uh, just the news came out last week that Troy Palomalu elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But there is a, a terrific a piece by Gary Smith in today's Trib Live 
that talks about the faith of Troy Palomalo. And I, and I know that you know this has been ground that's been uh, trod over often. But Gary does a really interesting job uh, going a little bit deeper. He says this, that while playing with the Steelers, Troy Palomalo was widely known as one of the NFL's most devout Christians. In his book, The Tebow Mystique, Patton Dodd reported that Troy Palomalo was mentioned by fellow players for his, uh, his spiritual devotion more than anybody else. Uh, David Kemp, who's a writer, he wrote uh, in a profile for GQ that, uh, of course, the uh, the NFL abounds with Bible study groups and post-game prayer circles. But even in this context, um, Palomalu stands out. Palomalu, Gary Kemp argued, was different from other Christian stars, such as Roger Staubach or Reggie White. He says this. He was, quote, a mystic, a man more 4th century than 21st, living in constant dialogue with the deity. Kim concluded that uh, what truly marks Paul Amolo as a man apart is his godliness. Now, this is, of course, you know, in most guys' lives, <laughs> he wasn't always this way. Uh, Troy Palomalo was the youngest of five kids. He was raised by a single mom on welfare in uh, an impoverished neighborhood in Los Angeles. And uh, Troy Palomalo spent a lot of time on the streets, uh, much more time on the streets than with his mom. By third grade, uh, Troy was stealing lunch every day from the local grocery store. And to escape this environment, uh, he moved. His mother forced him to move to Oregon to live with his uncle, where he attended 4th through 12th grade in Oregon. And uh, it was there that he attended a, a Christian school. He developed a close personal relationship with God, he says. And in high school, I was uh, almost constantly in prayer. After joining the Steelers in 20, uh, 2003, it, Troy and his wife undertook this quest to become Greek, Greek Orthodox. I did not know that. Greek, Greek Orthodox in 2007. So for, for Troy, and again, Gary Smith is having conversations with Troy about this. He says that the, the essence of faith is surrendering to God. He, while playing for the Steelers, he tried to serve God uh, through his football with passion. He asserted that um, God calls us not to be successful, but to be faithful. It's kind of like what we were talking about uh, at four fifteen, four uh, fifteen, in that in our conversation um, with Bill Glaze about that faithfulness. About the the pride in our lives is not about you know the pride of our own accomplishments or our own material possessions, but the pride of having Christ in us, and in that reflection, we are the reflection of that. So all the things we do is through and in and for him, not for our own personal gain or accomplishments. Troy says, you know, if you look at faith that way, you're bound to fail by doing things for yourself because it's dangerous. He says, um, what I've done is try to show who God is in me. So, of course, you know, you know this. This has come out after the fact, after Troy retired he was known for visiting uh, UPMC Children's Hospital on a weekly basis. And he didn't do so. He didn't alert the media. He didn't go in there with cameras blazing or, you know, trying to say me. He just did it because he loved God and wanted to be a balm to those suffering kids. So that's fabulous, isn't it? I mean, I know we hold up sports stars as, you know, some sort of Superman. But it is really great to see a guy who lives his life Always first thing for God. And you know you know this is true as well. In your own circles, how many people do you know like that? How many people do you know who are just so strong and so true, 
so devout that always God is first. I love people like that so much. I mean, we live in this dark and cynical age, right, where we sort of look askance at, at those who those who would choose a different path. The world is really deep into that. So just by our presence here, that we are gathering here together, and we talk about Christ, we pray to Christ, and more importantly, we try to serve Christ through our efforts, right? That alone. That's the powerful thing. So thank you for that. For that, for Troy, and that public thing that everybody looks to, they don't know Jesus, but they see his good works and his prayer time. That's wonderful. But beyond good works, that day-to-day relationship, to surrender, to give our faith truly to God, to thank him for his presence in all things. That's fabulous. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll take a quick break for uh, some news, little uh, updates on things that are around the world, and we'll be back with more. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump addressed his acquittal on two impeachment charges today. He said the impeachment was just the latest in a string of attacks that began even before he won the election in 2016. The chairman of the Democratic National Committee is calling for a re-canvas of the results of Monday's Iowa caucus. Technical problems and delays have marred the first contest in the 2020 election calendar. The current results showing Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders nearly tied with almost all of the votes counted. A U.S. official says an American citizen has been kidnapped in Afghanistan by a Taliban-affiliated group and that authorities are working to rescue him. Stocks higher on Wall Street, enough to extend the market's gains now to a fourth straight day. The Dow climbed 89 points. Today, the Nasdaq was up 63. The S&P 500 gained 11 for a record close. This is SRN News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare... You give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Springhouse, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner. 
grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken Romano, Pearl's cheesy potatoes, buttered steamed green beans, reunion salad, your choice of a from scratch dessert, Bev's brown rolls, and pink lemonade. How's that sound for old-fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on China as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Potish. Call 724-228-3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com for details. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug Lemu. When we're not telling people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need I've actually been moonlighting as a DJ. What? Check it! Here's the good part! Liberty, 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 liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Tonight. Periods of rain becoming mixed with, then changing the snow later, accumulating according to an inch with a low 29. Tomorrow, windy and colder with snow at times, accumulating an inch or two. Storms at a snowfall one to three inches with a high 31. Saturday, some sun, then turning cloudy with a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Kathy's uh, not with us, but uh, happy to be with you here during the uh, 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Looks like snow's in the forecast, huh? If, if snow comes in tonight, and, and of course, varying amounts, right? This would be the most snowfall we've had, it feels like, all winter long, Right. I uh, heard someone say one to three, three to five. I guess we'll find out, but uh, I don't know. I feel good about it. Hey, have you seen this story about this little girl, uh, a six-year-old girl with Down syndrome, uh, has been um, investigated because while she was at school, she pointed her finger at, at a teacher as if she had a gun. So, a six-year-old girl with Down syndrome. So the district said, well, because of that, it was a threatening gesture, and so the police had to be contacted. Um, this was this was back in uh, late December. And so now the mother is speaking out. Uh, the mother says that my daughter got frustrated, pointed her finger at her teacher, and said, I shoot you. At that point, they went to the principal's office, and it was quickly assessed that uh, she didn't really even know what she was saying. She said that the, the police showed up, and they were asking her questions, and they, she said, oh, I shoot mommy. And then she laughed. Or I shoot my brother. And the principal said, well, did you mean to hurt your teacher? And she said no. And it seemed like she didn't even know what that meant. I mean, I, I, when you read stories like this, and of course it's, it's odd that it would come out in the news media, I think that the, 
you know, the mother was trying to protect her daughter in, in the event of, you know, something in the permanent record down the line. And, of course, you know, when your police are called uh, on your child and your child's six years old with Down syndrome, it, it, it is a troubling thing. And so now here in February, it's just coming out to, into, the, into the public. And, and, you know, of course, everyone agrees, right? School shootings are far, 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 far. I mean, even one school shooting is way over the top, and they've happened on a regular basis. And, of course, you do applaud school districts for trying to assess threat levels and looking at kids who are, you know, angry or in trouble or are in despair and, you know, pulling that red flag and saying, wait, 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 maybe we should, you know, talk to this child, bring the police in and see if this child is a threat. But like in all things, right, uh, there is some sort of moderation. And this just goes to show you how... When you don't use common sense, when there's no wisdom here, when you see a little girl who's six and a little girl who's six with Down syndrome, and then you bring her into the principal's office and think, well, this is child is a threat. There's just something wrong about that. I mean, it just goes to show how we are, how we are broken as a society where we would deem a, a little six-year-old as a threat. And of course, Right. You want to err on the side of caution. That um, to think that oh, when you see troubled teens, you know, of course, from Columbine forward, what a shock Columbine was, and then all the copy, uh, the copycats from that, and uh, how many kids have been killed in schools or shot, and you know, it's mass murder, and it's just horrific. Of course, it's horrific. We pray for that. We pray for peace. We pray for mental illness and children who are bullied and children who are in despair and children who just feel as though they're on the outside looking in and they they can't take it anymore. And they lash out like that. And before you know it, one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty children are dead. It's horrific. But then on the flip side, when there's something like this, this little girl, a six-year-old with Down syndrome, and she makes this gesture and says, I shoot you, and then all of a sudden the police show up. It's a strange world we live in now, isn't it? It's a very strange world. I grew up in the, uh, you know, 60s and 70s. You'd never think about that. I mean, how innocent. And, of course, those days were not that innocent because people are people. We look back and say, we were innocent then. We were never innocent. Right? Man was never innocent. Man always had malice in his heart. Man always had anger in his heart. But to, to see where we are right now and what's happened to us as a society, you, you really couldn't come to grips with that then. But here we are. And so it is. And I think more than anything, boy, oh boy, you know, when our kids were little, I remember kissing my kids in the morning and saying, I love you. I'll see you later. Right. Knowing that, you know, they're going to walk out into that world. And I think that every parent who has their small child or whatever, right, even, you know, your college kid, even your adult children, of course, you want to see your child again. You love your child. But the world is so fraught with violence. The anger in our own hearts, amplified by a, 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 a billion or a trillion. The world is so angry. And so now more than ever, we need Jesus in our lives to surrender ourselves, to get down on our knees. I was talking about this at the top of the show at the 4 o'clock hour. How, you know, I'm, an, I'm at an age now where I regularly wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, at first I used to rail against that and think, oh, what the heck? What am I doing? But now I take it as an opportunity, and I'm thrilled with that opportunity. I mean, i got to be, be honest. I mean, not every time, every morning now when I wake up at 3 and go, hey. But 
But I am happy to have that time carved away. Carved away to be in communion. Oh, Lord, please help us. And, you know, when you think about our troubles and our worries here in Pittsburgh or Western Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania and the United States, and, and us at the top of the heap, I mean, heck, again, I talked about this earlier. You know, there's a new Gallup poll, which is shocking to me, that says that nine out of ten people who were questioned in this Gallup poll, which were the Gallup poll was conducted January 2nd through the 15th. And thousands and thousands of people, they themselves were polled about their own personal happiness. Are you satisfied? Nine out of ten people said that they were satisfied. Nine out of ten. And you know, you could knock me over with a feather when I read that. I, I had no idea that the numbers would be that high. That American satisfaction with personal life is highest in more than four decades. Two out of three Americans say that they are very satisfied, which is also a very new high. Isn't that good? Isn't that wonderful? Here, and so here we are in America, very satisfied. Nine out of ten people. Now, of course, there's, you know, this is not a scientific survey. This is people just calling people and saying, let's talk about this. Here's a checklist. I'm surprised by that. Because when you look around, and especially when you look at your feed and you look at your friends on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, you think, holy smokes, people are miserable. People are sad. People are angry. People are upset. People are so broken. And then, I don't know, when I go to church on Sunday, you know you, you know your prayer list, and you know your prayer circles, and you see the troubles in people's lives, the disease, the illness, the death, all that pain, all that sadness. And still, we tell Gallup, hey, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> I take that as a really good sign. I, that's excellent. That's really, really good news. So when a little six-year-old in the classroom says, I shoot you, and she has Down syndrome, and the police are called, and you think, whoa, that's way over the top. Holy smokes, what are we doing? What are you thinking about? Think about school shootings and how horrific that is. How difficult it is. I remember, you know, growing up and having, my mom would say, Oh, you know, when we had our first kid, I wouldn't want to raise a child in today's world. And I think every parent says that now. And, of course, that's a negative thought. I mean, and I get why people would say that. But, man, God's placed us in this time. This is our time. So God has placed us here. And I'm so grateful for that. Because, you know, in a heartbeat, it's it's over. People always say that. And you you know that. You look over your life and you think, has it been really 30 years? Has that been 40 years since that happened? And the first time you realize that, you're shocked by that. You know, you go, well, I can't believe that. Oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> and of course, we are getting old. It happens so fast. Guys here at the station have had babies recently. Mike and David, they, you know, and, and always, the, hey, you know, it goes by so fast. So make sure you stay in touch. Make sure that, you, you know, you're doing the right thing. Make, Yeah, it does. And then you kiss your good goodbye in the morning as they go out the door. And they hope that they come back to you again. And in the meantime, you read the word and you try to live the word as incomplete and as poor a job as I do. And my guess is for you as well. And you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And before you know it, it's the next year and then it's the next decade. And so here we are. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day and the beauty of this time. Even in the midst of the bleak midwinter and some snows on our way? Okay. It's not that bad. Spring's not that far away, is it? Spring's pretty good.
Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Hey, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about the Oscars. You know, the Oscars to me are kind of meh. I tune in because why? Because more than anything, I love a good story, and because I love good stories, man, do I love the movies. I love them, and I hope that you do as well. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Alyssa Wilkinson, she's a film critic from Vox. She'll talk about what's going to happen on Sunday and good movies that you should see and know about. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep. And we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a butte sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family, wherever they are, and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. The Oscars are Sunday night. And I don't know about you. Uh, like I said, I love a good story. And because I love a good story, of course, I love the movies. I love the movies so much. I remember being a kid. Um, I've talked about this on the air. Uh, I'm one of seven kids. There's seven of us in our family. <laughs> and regularly, my parents, I don't know what they were thinking, but God bless them that they did. They would take us to the drive-in. 
So there were nine of us in the car. I remember one of the first movies we saw uh, when I was, I was way back, a long time ago, was It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I, it was on a double bill with uh, Franco Zeffirelli's um, Romeo and Juliet. And I remember another time we saw a movie uh, called Z. My, my parents would sit in the front seat <laughs> and they watched that movie. And they would tell me, shh, shh, shh. I was, of course, I was next to the youngest, so I was way in the back of the station wagon, and I could barely see the screen, let alone understand what was going on. But still, we would go to the drive-in a couple of times a month. They, that put something in me that, to this day, I just love so much. So, the Oscars are this week, and um, I'm not so sure about the Oscars. It really doesn't really matter to me about who wins Best Picture, but I just like the idea of people getting together who tell stories, and they kind of do this thing. Now, all the politics notwithstanding, and yeah, I get that. Everybody gets up on stage and you know does their spiel about yada, yada, and then you, know, you roll your eyes. However, it's still fun. It's still cool. My wife and I and our kids, we sit at home with our ballots, and we have you know some chips and a soda, and it's kind of a party. So, Alyssa Wilkinson is with us. She's a film critic at Vox, Vox.com, which is a great site. She's been writing about film and faith since 2006. Alyssa's work has appeared at RogerEbert.com, Rolling Stone, The Atlantic. She's a member of the New York Film Critics Circle, also Associate Professor of English and Humanities at the King's College in New York City. And Alyssa, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Real good. Hey, um, you wrote a piece uh, called I Love Movies. That's why I hate the Oscars. And in a little bit, we'll, we'll sort of do uh, your selections for some of the major awards. But this, you know, that was, I love movies. That's why I hate the Oscars. That's exactly how I feel. So tell me why you love the movies and why you hate the Oscars. Um, I think the biggest reason I hate the Oscars is that I feel like there's something weirdly perverse about handing out awards for art, yeah. which of course, I do. <laughs> I am a member of several voting bodies that do hand out awards for art. But, you know, the nature of art is such that, you know, it, it's something that moves us differently based on who we are and where we're coming from, what the experience is. And there isn't really one objective, like, ranking of art. Yeah. Um, and so kind of having almost like a beauty contest or something doesn't quite seem to make sense to me. And I kind of hate that it makes people think it's like a political campaign rather than an appreciation of the best work of the year. Um, but I've gotten used to them, partly because it's my job and partly because I do think it's great that um, the Oscars give people movies that they realize they maybe should try to watch. And I know there's a lot of people who structure their viewing based on the Oscars. Yeah, right, right. Because when, you know, when, when, um, when the awards are announced, you know, the... Um the assembled people kind of go, Oh, I, I, I missed that film, you know, on the best film category. I got to go see that. I got to go see that. So you're right about that. Now, look, there's hundreds and hundreds. I think you said, um, somewhere like over 700 movies that were released theatrically last year. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. There's usually between seven and 900 every year in the U S and so of, of all those 700 plus movies and you, it's your job to see movies. How many did you see? Uh, I saw about 300 movies last year, and I think 250 of them were new releases. Holy so, smokes. yeah, I see most of them. I know. It's it's a lot. <laughs> and most of them are not very good. <laughs> I bet. Okay, so now because of the new age of what they would call a screener, where someone would send you a movie like on a DVD or you would just go online and you know plug in your password, are you seeing most of your films in the theater or are you seeing the most of them like on your laptop? 
Um, I still see most of them in the theater. Nice. That you know, at least if you're in New York or Los Angeles and you're a critic, they they bring you to the theater to see those movies. Or I'm at a festival and I see them that way. But there is a growing number of um, places that will try to make sure that I see a movie or that other critics see a movie by giving us a link to a movie. And then during award season, everyone who votes on any major awards gets DVDs sent to them by the studios. I see. Okay, so then because you are a critic, you know, you get invited, you sort of, you know, have like a, a, a back door into see all the, the better movies. When you go see a movie and, the, you know, the studios invite you, do you sit in a theater with critics or do you sit in with a general audience? Well, so usually I'm in there with critics, but there are some exceptions. For instance, I saw Birds of Prey, which I think comes out tomorrow, um, the new Harley Quinn movie. And that, for whatever reason, they decided to bring the critics in and give us a reserved section of seats in a fan screening. So that's that's fairly unusual, and it's sometimes not the best way to see it because they start late and people like to talk during them and critics don't like that, but... Um, <laughs> but it is an interesting experience always. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I'm in a room full of critics. Yeah. Okay. So I'm asking you questions, you know, just cause I'm just kind of curious about the life yeah. of a critic, what that works. So then when there, you know, you're in the theater and you're watching a movie, do you have like a little, you know, light and a, and a notepad that you're sitting and you're taking notes about what you're watching? So never a light, never, ever a light. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to do. Never bring in a light. Um, <laughs> don't turn on your phone, any of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, most of us take notes. We have, you know, kind of developed systems of our own over time. Some people note their emotional reactions. I usually am writing down plot points because I don't have a great memory for plot. And so I just want to remember them. Um, you know, obviously, your writing is sometimes really hard to decipher afterwards, I but bet, yeah. most people can make out their own writing. There are some people who are kind of um, freaks, I guess, shall we say, who feel like they have a really good memory and they... They don't take notes, but I am not one of those. I people can't at imagine. All. Yeah, it's the complexity of a film, and I'm like you. I miss the. Pl- I'll walk out of the theater and go, "Yeah, what did I just watch?" And, you know, I, I know I liked it, but mm-hmm. I'm not really quite sure about that. Okay, so then l- let's go into because our, our time, of course, is always short. Let's uh, let's t- look at the major awards for this Sunday Oscar. This Sunday's Oscars. Um, you want to talk? Um, you sort of build our way up to Best Picture. Would that be okay? Sure. Okay, great. Um, how about uh, let's talk about then uh, actor in a leading role. Um, leading role. Uh, that's uh, Antonio Banderas uh, with the film Pain and Glory. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver with Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix with Joker. And Jonathan Price with The Two Popes. I mean, to be honest, you know, when I look at all the pictures that have been nominated. I love all these films. And if any of them won, I'd be satisfied with that. And I look at all the different awards and I think it doesn't really matter. Everyone did a great job. Right. I mean, you know, who it matters to is the people who are up for the awards. I guess. So winning an award like this, right, it means that you kind of join history. Sometimes it means you get to work again, which is nice. Um, Yeah, most of these people are, all of these people are, you know, very well-respected actors. Yeah. Um, I think it's almost probably a lock for Joaquin Phoenix and really? Joker. And one interesting thing about him um, this season is he's he's kind of famously doesn't like doing campaigns. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like he's decided that he's going to use this opportunity to advance some of his pet causes, um, which is a really interesting approach to a campaign season. So he's talked a lot about um, animal rights and about environmental causes and then at the BAFTAs about 
um, you know, the lack of racial diversity among the nominees. And so I'm expecting something similar if he wins on Sunday for him to give a speech of some kind like that. Okay. So, I mean, I saw the film. It was okay. I mean, it got a lot of hype because it was so, you know, considered, you know, dangerous or whatnot. Um, And I love him. I think he's really an interesting uh, guy. I think he's a really fascinating actor. Um, He's not my choice. Who, Who would your choice be? Would it be Joaquin Phoenix? Um, I think my choice in this uh, category would probably be Adam Driver. Marriage Story is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think his performance is really great. I think he's always good in everything. And he had three, at least three movies this year that he was just fantastic in. Um, You know, if we include the Star Wars movie and also uh, the report. So I would love to see him be honored that way. But also, he's young. He has a lot of years ahead of him. So we'll see what happens. But he is fabulous. And he was terrific on Saturday Night Live, too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's a very funny guy, too. Okay, so actor in a leading role, you're saying probably the lock is Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. How about uh, actress in a leading role, Renee Zegweller and Judy, uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, uh, Soros Ronan in Little Women, uh, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, and Cynthia Revio for uh, for Harriet. Uh, I've seen all those, and, and again, I, I love them all. Who's your choice for best actor? So um, if I were picking, I, I actually had a hard time with this category. I think probably Saoirse Ronan or Scarlett Johansson would be my pick. I think that who will win is probably Renee Zellweger. Uh, I'll be surprised if she doesn't, largely because she's playing Judy Garland mm-hmm. in it, and that's the kind of role that um, that the Academy really, really loves. There's also a good chance that Charlie Theron could take it because she kind of transforms herself into Megyn Kelly and people like that kind of acting. <laughs> right. Or it could be Cynthia Revo, right? Like, important historical character. Right. And she is a great performer. So who really knows? Um, but if I were betting, and I'm not allowed to, right. <laughs> it would be Renee Zellweger. Interesting. Okay, so let's let's turn our attention then to Best Director, because this is mm. hotly contested as well. Uh, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Menendez for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, uh, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, I got no problem if anybody wins. Uh, yes, and I think it's probably um, a three-way race. I don't know. So, for instance, Martin Scorsese has only won one Oscar. Really? Uh, so it could be him. Yeah, that would be only his second Oscar in more than 50 years as probably the most influential filmmaker in America. Um, it could be Quentin Tarantino. That's a great film. People yeah. you know, really like it. Um, I'm hoping it will be Bong Joon-ho. I think he really deserves it. That is an expertly directed movie, Parasite is. Um, I also think it's it's pretty likely that Sam Mendes could win it as well, uh, especially because he also wrote the film and it's his first film that he wrote. And people really like that kind of a, you know, yeah, a, a big, big, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Okay, uh, because time is short, then let's go right to Best Picture. Nineteen uh, seventeen for Best Picture: Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And before you even give me your pick, I was surprised, and I think we talked about this last time you were with us, that um, Uncut Gems was totally ignored. I loved this film on so many levels, and Adam Sandler was so bizarrely cool. Um, What's your thought about that? I mean, you know, a lot of films, there's nine pictures here that are up for Best Picture. I'm surprised that, you know, other films weren't included. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always some that don't get included. There's a weird rigged ballot voting system that they have, which means, you know, there's 10 slots and somehow only nine movies made it in. So yeah. this happens every year where some great movies get left out. But, 
you know, it, it happens. It's it's sort of how it is. Yeah. Um, I would say in this category that 1917 almost certainly will win. Really? I think there's an outside chance. Yeah, it gains a lot of momentum. I think there's an outside chance Parasite will take it, which would be awesome for Parasite. First, first Korean film to ever win Best Picture, and I think the first um, non-English language film to win Best Picture. There's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could do it. I think Joker, you know, has a lot of momentum going in, so... so voting makes it a little hard for us to know yeah. um but if again like if you're filling out a, a ballot and you put 1917 on it i can't guarantee you win but you have a pretty good chance Very of it good. okay i gotta be honest when i look at it the most unusual film of this group to me was jojo rabbit and to me that's mm-hmm. the dark horse but i guess it doesn't stand a chance yeah i think the darkest horse of them all is probably little women honestly but yeah. we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens that's cool <laughs> they're all good films yeah well Alyssa, our time's up and i'm sorry it is because you know you're always a welcome guest here and i always appreciate your insight on movies but thanks for being with us and i look forward to sunday night and i'm sure you do as well i do yeah Alyssa wilkinson she's at vox.com she writes so beautifully um go check her out vox.com if you love movies you'll love Alyssa wilkinson Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. Christians in America who love God are under siege. Learn how to navigate the tumultuous terrain of a godless culture with a brand new book from Dr. Robert Jeffress called Courageous, 10 Strategies for Thriving in a Hostile World. It's his boldest book yet. When your faith is under attack, when you're tempted to just follow the crowd, these 10 strategies will ignite a fresh fire and bright hope for facing life with confidence. Get your copy of Courageous by Dr. Robert Jeffress wherever books or e-books are sold. An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading and watching TV more comfortable. But not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the right features for you, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. At the Original Mattress Factory, we recently improved the quality of our adjustable beds while making them even more affordable. And our new adjustable bases are designed to work with your existing wood, metal, or platform bed. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location to elevate your sleep experience today. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing from multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. 
on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight, periods of rain becoming mixed with then changing to snow later, accumulating according to an inch with a low 29. Tomorrow, windy and colder with snow at times, accumulating an inch or two. Storm to the snowfall one to three inches with a high 31. Saturday, some sun then turning cloudy with a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Hey, Word FM's annual date night is coming up February 14th. That's a Friday night. Of course, it's Valentine's Day as well. Uh, where well, is this it? is wonderful. Every Valentine's Day, it's at Christchurch at Grove Farm. Thank you. John yeah. and Swickley. And I'm happy that we get to celebrate Valentine's Day together. <laughs> Once again. Again. Where's your spouse? She's at home. <laughs> Kath, where's your husband? He's at home. However, uh, it will be a third party this year. Marty Simpson will also be on stage. Marty, a Valentine's Day, a very special tender day for you. Uh, so a tender day? Is that what we just said? Like, Because y'all have dates at the home that are your wife's but we i don't know if we can make a tender joke on this radio no i don't think not, we can but, oh, um, go, go for it Marty. No, no i don't think it's a good time <laughs> right, okay. i think he meant tender well, not tinder Marty. oh that's right no i, I did say tender tender yeah, tender, yeah tender. that was go back to my college voice and diction class of oh, pen and pen uh no it, it's gonna be fun i guess um the, we'll have a three-person date because we won't have our significant others there right but if anybody else wants to come so the, so we encourage everyone who's single come out to the show also and and we'll, we'll we got your back because yeah, we don't we have dates to be you know there what, either. The, the three of us could be in charge of like the single section. Yeah, that's I'll let you do that, but that's cool. I will I'm, I'll be happy right, to fine. be submissive under your authority if you're going to be in charge of that. That's I don't like that. That's I, I don't like want to do that. That's such an insult. You can be in charge of that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, Marty Simpson, uh, wordfmgut.com. Get those tickets now because it's really a cool evening. Uh, obviously, a very funny guy. Hey, Marty. So I wonder about this. So as you are in front of a you know, and I'm putting air quotes here, a Christian crowd, like. Are there like Christian hecklers? Does somebody yell out, hey, Marty, the Holy Spirit doesn't like you or something like that? I mean, is, is that a thing? Well, well, that's a thing in life from Christians, right? That's what all Christians walk around doing, pointing yeah. at people and judging them. But, the, um, well, we have the heckling in our heart in the crowd. That happens at all Christian shows. Everybody's heckling me in their heart mm-hmm. without saying it out loud because that's the, what the Bible says to do, right? Sure. Um, but no, I, I tell people, you do comedy club shows all the time, Marty, and people are drunk and heckling. Do you have hecklers in the church shows? And I'm like, you have just as many hecklers in the church shows. They're just all under five years old. Um, and typically they're running around uh, through the sanctuary and whatnot. And, you know, I don't judge little kids that are just too hyper and can't sit still during a comedy show. I judge their parents for bringing them to the show. Yes, right? please. So... That's where we are now. On Valentine's date night, it sounds like it would be a babysitter night, though, so I encourage you all. Uh, God is leading me to tell you that he is telling you guys to get a babysitter. Right. Um, so you don't want to, like, put that aside lightly. If God is really telling you to get a but babysitter, you should really do the If you can't bring your child, at least bring your service animal. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, no, we're service animal friendly. That's no problem. That's fine. So, That's good. Maybe I could bring that peacock. You know, peacocks, that, that lady tried to get on, yeah. you know, some airline with Or the miniature peacock. ponies. They're right. welcome as well. Marty Simpson, he'll be at Christchurch at Grove Farm February the 14th. That's Valentine's Day, of course. Friday night. It's a fabulous night. Come on out and check them out. Uh, wordfm.com to get those tickets. Okay, so Marty, you mentioned before, just in passing, that you had been a teacher. And so I'm wondering, were you just were you run out of the education profession, or did you, <laughs> or, or did you leave in despair, or what happened? Was it there? like no moss? I like the word despair. Did you leave in despair? Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, I'll speak for all teachers that everyone leaves the teaching profession in despair. Mm-hmm. That, that it doesn't matter when you leave it, you're going to leave hopeless uh, and in despair from the teaching facility. I think we all leave December 20th for a two-week holiday in despair, for sure. Uh, here's what I'll say. I um, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and coach from the time I was like in fifth or sixth grade and then got out of college and went right to my first job teaching and coaching. And then it turns out uh, I love the kids, love teaching and coaching. I taught theater and put on uh, – I uh, coached the football team, put on the school plays – and it was fantastic. And it turns out these kids all have parents and the parents were insufferable to deal with. Mm. And God told me to make fun of them for the rest of my life on stage <laughs> instead. And so that's what I do. Come on out. And if you have kids at Christian school, I might hit a little close to home with you. Pray before you come. <laughs> it's Word FF's annual date night, a night of laughs. Christchurch at Grove Farm Swickley, Friday, February 14th. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. John and I will be there, and we'll be there with our new friend, Marty Simpson, championing the singles section. Marty, see you there. You know, as caustic as he is, he is very, very funny. Marty Simpson, that's next Friday night, Christchurch at Grove Farm. Um, tickets are fairly inexpensive, I believe. You know, for a great night, for a date night, highly recommended. But you know what? Um, I They told me today, management said you can give away a couple pair of tickets. So I'm going to give away two pairs of tickets, all right? Um, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Callers number seven and caller number nine. If you want to go to date night and uh, you've been sort of on your heels and thinking maybe I can't afford this or whatnot, then please call us right now, 800-320-8255. You get into date night and uh, you come home and tell your wife, your husband, hey, we're going in for free and you'll be a big hero. Now, if you don't win those tickets, highly recommended that you go online at wordfm.com and buy yourself a a pair of tickets as well. And if you do, we'll see you next Friday night. Kath will be there. I'll be there. And of course, Marty Simpson as well. So uh, 800-320-8255. Take a break. Come back. Oh, we're going to talk with uh, Kurt Bjorklund in just a little bit about angst. Stick around. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. I like people. It's why I got into HR, and I like liking people. So even when Kate drops a thousand resumes on my desk, or when three new hires start on the same day, I don't stress. 
I've got it covered with Bamboo HR, the easy-to-use HR software platform that makes it easy to manage our people data so I can focus on people and not on processes. For hiring, Bamboo HR's applicant tracking software keeps us ahead of the competition by making it simple to evaluate and hire the best applicants. And automated onboarding tools means less forms and more time to create better first days. Plus, simple tracking for employee work hours, paid time off and benefits, along with world-class employee performance and appraisal software. Add it all up, and no matter what the day brings, I still really, really like people. Sign up for a free trial at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. bamboohr.com slash HR. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, Congregational Leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I've also had the joy of leading worship, especially Messianic Jewish worship, for many years. How would you like to go on a tour of Israel with me? We invite you to spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. You'll have time to hear teaching, worship, and pray at many significant locations throughout Israel, including some not on other tours. Early registration ends soon. To go to our website, rockofagesmjc.org, that's rockofagesmjc.org. God told Isaiah to walk the earth naked for three years, and here's how much faith Isaiah had. He did it! This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Which I think explains the credibility issue Isaiah had with the Old Testament Jews. At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Little kids would come in the house and be like, Mama, Mama, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. Who told you that? Isaiah told me that. Naked Isaiah tell you that? General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Go to your room. I think it's fair to say that we live in an angst-filled age. Kurt Bjorkman's with us today from Orchard Hill Church, where he's the senior pastor. Orchard Hill today is heard daily here on Word FM at 4 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. And, uh, Kurt, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm well. Kurt, uh, recently at Orchard Hill, you spent some time uh, airing out what it is to live in this angst-filled age. Talk to us about that. You chose this subject. Why? Well, certainly, the uh, as you said, there are a lot of things that create fear or angst for people in our world today. And it's a lot of times Christian people live with the same amount of angst or fear as people who are um, not people of faith, yeah. which is which is really uh, unfortunate in many ways. Not that there aren't reasons to be um, anxious, but uh, there should be an assurance that transcends some of the lack of security that, that leads to that. And I think a lot of times what anxiety is, is it's just fear that is overrunning us. And so sometimes people will watch the news and really they can watch either network, you know, MSNBC or Fox, depending on which way they lean. I guess CNN could go in there too. And, sure. um, or, you know, get your news off whatever website and it's all doom and gloom and here's everything that's wrong. And, and it leads you to say, wow, it's if this election doesn't go a certain way, or if this bill doesn't pass, or if this bill does pass, 
and it creates a, a ton of angst about so many things. And what, what is behind it is really a fear that, that doesn't acknowledge that God is still on the throne and none of what happens in our world surprises them. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that these things don't matter, but it, but it certainly means that it's significant to be able to step back and say God is still uh, the one who's ultimately in charge. I mean, I, I can't control the bill or what the president says or does or the economy or, you know, 99.9 of the things that happen to me. But still, I act somehow, you know, that I can or at least my ego or my dread, you know, comes over me that I must do something. And so that thing to me is just worry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Psalm 11 addresses this in a way uh, because it talks about how the foundations will be shaken um, and destroyed. And it says, what can the righteous do? And the very next verse says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Mm. And the juxtaposition of that, I think, is so helpful because it says there will be things that if you only see them from an earthly standpoint, will feel overwhelming and destructive. But when you can say God is on his temple, then that is, is where your hope is. And, and what I've come to see or believe is that in many ways, the key is remembering. And when you use that word, like in the Bible, when you read the word remember, especially in English, it feels kind of like a shallow word, like, Oh yeah, just don't forget that. But, in Isaiah 51, remembering who God is is the key to overcoming fear. In Second Peter 1, it's, it's a key to being cleansed, to growth. Uh, and so this idea of remembering is really a deeper concept of saying, if I can recall who God is and what he's about in such a way that it won't just bring it to mind, but it will impact the way that I live, the way that I think, the way that I feel, then I will be able to live with faith even in the midst of things that that legitimately are concerning but don't have to leave me in a place of angst. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so that's excellent. For, for to people who are in the midst of angst or despair or depression, to remember is key. But when I, when I hear that, Kurt, I, I often think of myself, and, you know, my response is, yeah, but— as though, you know, somehow, you know, my special worries trump Christ on the throne because, yeah, but you don't understand or, yeah, but ancient people didn't have modern problems. And so my problems somehow are different. Yeah, but, but, you know, is God really going to be there? And so I, I'm weak in my faith. Yeah, well, certainly the problems that anybody has are significant. And so the issue isn't to act as if my problems aren't substantial or big. And, you know, it's one thing to talk about the political arena or bills that passed. That's really not as concerning usually as how am I going to pay for the bills that are in front of me or my, you know, loved one has a health emergency and I don't know what will happen or this relationship feels like it's going to go bad. I mean, those are the things that, that when you're walking through the uncertainty of that, Ultimately, the issue isn't to say, let's make my problem smaller. It's to say, I do have to remember who God is and try to make it make, make uh, much of God in the midst of my problem. And you're right, it, it is a daily struggle to not end up simply saying, well, that seems remote. To, because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're bringing the reality of God to the situation in which you're saying, this does feel as if it's overwhelming mm-hmm. today. 
but somehow God is still on the throne, even if it doesn't feel like it or look like it for me. Kurt Bjorklid is with us. He's senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. So, Kurt, I often wonder about this. You know, it's one thing for me or, you know, the regular person to sort of have their own fears and angst and worries and troubles and all that. And then again, it's another thing for you and for other men and women who are preaching and teaching with churches. And then they have, you know, you have people who step forward and they say, Pastor, I got to tell you about this. And here's my secret or here's my story or here's my worry. Here's my depression. Here's my angst. And so your thing is one thing in your own, you know, worries, but then it's compounded by 10 or 100 or maybe 1,000 or more as you go out and take care of the people in your congregation. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's no doubt. If you are in a place where people share with you, if you're a small group leader, you're leading youth ministry, you're on a worship team, you know, people will share things with you. And I often say it's, it's a dark privilege, and what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. as a pastor, I'm often invited into people's hardest moments. Yes. And it is it is emotionally hard, but it's also a privilege to walk with people in some of those hard moments. And there are times when it is um, unnerving, without any doubt. And I hope I never get to a point where it's not that, because I think then you lose some of the human reality of what you're walking through. Right. So then essentially you have to practice what you preach, right? Well, it's, you know, I think the, certainly that's true, but I I think the, the issue is just being, um, completely authentic with what is real, meaning uh, as a pastor, you don't graduate from fear or anxiety or angst. You still have all of those things. You, What faith is is not the absence of, of troubles in that sense, but it's the willingness to say, I will obey and move forward in spite of the other feelings that I have. That That's what faith is. And so, and so to me, it's not uh, portraying, I don't have any of those issues. It's saying, even when I have them, I'm going to choose to walk forward and do what I believe is right. You, you know, here's just a really simple one. Uh, you know, most people I know, uh, there's several people I know who don't have a lot of financial worries, but most people I know have some financial stress in their sure. life. Yes. And, and when it comes to something as simple as the commandments to give, um, that creates angst. Uh, because you take a chunk of money out of what you have, you feel like, man, will I have enough? Uh, how will I pay for X, Y, or Z down the road? And, and so even just saying something like that and saying, that's how, how I feel sometimes about giving. I don't wake up every day, every weekend, and say, I'm so glad I get to give today. Right. Um, sometimes it's it's filled with thanks because I don't know where where everything else will come from. And, and so just trying to be... Um, authentic, honest about those things and say, but faith is saying, I choose to step forward and do what I believe is commanded or right, regardless of how I feel, um, is is like a baseline choice. Now, obviously, the remembering piece is trying to get your emotions to come along with your actions so that you don't have an incongruous life over a long period of time. Right, right. But I would say, but I would say we always have some of that. In other words, you know, you take something like exercise, you know, I don't wake up every day saying, boy, I can't wait to exercise. Some days I do, but I exercise on days I don't feel like it because I know it's good for me. Yeah. 
And what that is, is it's not hypocrisy or incongruity. It's saying I'm living on a deeper value than how I feel today. And somehow when it gets to our spiritual lives, we often feel like any incongruity is hypocrisy. When I think what it really is, is living on a deeper value. But obviously at some point you, you want those things to come closer together so that you're not always saying, I'm just kind of gritting my teeth and getting this done, whatever the thing is. That's good. That's a good word. Hey, Kurt, always a pleasure. Really, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate your ministry and the work you do at Orchard Hill Church. Great. Thanks. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. You as well. Kurt Bjorklund, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. As I said, Orchard Hill, to- Orchard Hill Today, heard daily here on Word FM, 4 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Check it out online at wordfm.com. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 4418 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Ready for a bus ride from hell to heaven? Then don't miss the theatrical event of the season, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Audiences call it breathtaking, absolutely mesmerizing. From the producers of the nationwide hit The Screwtape Letters, The Great Divorce brings the beloved author of Narnia to the stage in one of his most entertaining tales ever. Climb on board for a day trip to paradise. Critics call The Great Divorce world-class theater. Brilliant, magical, a joy to watch. Lewis's lively wit shines through. Don't miss The Great Divorce. Visit cslewisonstage.com. That's cslewisonstage.com. The bus is leaving. Climb on board. Coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 15th. Get your tickets today with great deals for groups at thegreatdivorceonstage.com. That's thegreatdivorceonstage.com. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects. You get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yeah, what the heck, right? And it doesn't show I mean, it'd be nice to get a little snow. I'd love to go outside with my kids and go sled riding. Of course, they're 19 and 22, so they're not really going to... Hey, it's all go. But if you got little kids, wouldn't it be great to wake up tomorrow morning and have three to five inches and do a little sled riding? I'd love it so much. So let's hope that uh, there is a little snow in the forecast. And if there is, that it's not much of a hardship and a pain in the keister to go out there and shovel and uh, put the salt down. And, you know, we all know that drill. But I, I feel like a stranger to it. So it, it, Because when spring comes, and of course it's going to be here before you know it, I want to feel like I've earned it. So if we go through like a snowless winter or a warm winter like it's been, then I don't know. It's just me. It maybe spring feels a little like less than. But, of course, it's not going to be because it's going to be spring. Anyway, have a great night. Always a wonderful pleasure. Hope that uh, as you go about this evening that you have Jesus in the middle, that all your worries, all your fear, all your anger fades away, and that Christ is with you. Have a great night. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.